Oh, that's silly. You're going to edit all this out anyway. Probably. <laughs> or I might just leave the laugh. I Welcome back to The Watch List with Patty and Bill. Make sure you log on to The Watch List Pod and check out all of our back episodes and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. I have an update about Spotify, by the way. Uh, you can check. It's not what you think. Um, uh, you can always uh, reach out to us on the social medias at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol The Watch List Pod. And if you listen to us, on Apple, please give us a nice five-star review. We will love you. Oh, and a special shout-out to all of our listeners in London. Yes, in the U.K. and in England. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that on our, our analyzes. Analytics? Yeah. Analytics, that's the word I'm saying. And our, yeah, the fancy number stuffs. Thank you, U.K., for supporting us. We appreciate that. And please spread the word. And sorry for all the times that I affected a really shitty British accent. Yeah, dude, come on. I don't even try because I know it's in my head and it's the best sound in my head. Yeah. Well, (laughs) thank thank you all. And please spread the word. We appreciate it. So I watched on HBO Max one of the movies that is – up for an Oscar. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think I, I think we're going to talk about it. I think it's a best picture. I think it is. I think it is. Say it. Say it. It's Drive My Car. Fuck. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a Japanese film. It's uh, subtitled, not dubbed. What is it? I watched it subtitled. If it's dubbed, I don't know. Um, but it's a very quiet movie. About a, an actor-director who is married to a screenwriter. And she tells him stories that she's writing in her head and narrates them to him. And we see him acting on stage. And then, um, well, she cheats on him, but he doesn't seem to care because he loves her enough that he's not even going to mention it or bring it up because he doesn't want to lose her. But... One day she's like, we need to talk. And he's like, okay, I got to go do this thing. And when he's thinking about stuff and rehearsing for his plays, um, he drives his car around. Like in it, he's learning his lines. His wife reads the other parts and then he recites them as he's just driving aimlessly around uh, Tokyo, I think is where he's at. And so he goes off and he's driving around till late in the night. He comes home. And finds her dead on the floor. Oh. She had an aneurysm. So the he cheating never got wife? To, yes. Okay. So he never got to have that conversation with her. And time goes on, and he does these plays where everybody's speaking a different language. And then they have a big screen with, like, subtitles behind the actors. And it's really interesting to watch. And so we see how they're rehearsing this, how he picks a cast, and everybody's around the table reading the lines in their language. And the theater he's in residence being the director at, they have a rule where the in-residence artist, like the director, whoever, can't drive their own car. Because in the past, they had an accident where somebody, where one of their in-residence people... Um, hit somebody. So he gets a dr- so he can't do his thinking driving around because they won't let him. So he gets a driver, and it's kind of like her. You see her driving him around in different conversations where somebody might be in the car with him, and it's just it's a really really interesting, very calm, kind of slowish, quiet movie. And I really loved it. I really loved it. It was That's really awesome. good. It was really good. That's and good. hearing he does talk about towards the end his relationship with his wife to uh, one of the actors that knew her, and it's implied that he knew her. Oh. Yeah. 
but and how they're working together and because he he cast the guy in his play at that uh, you know on the coast wherever he was it's it's really good it's it's really good okay. I think you guys should watch it it's free to watch on uh, HBO Max awesome and it's up for a best picture best adapted screenplay uh, best picture best director best international feature film and adapted screenplay cool and it won best foreign language film at the golden globes because we don't give a shit about the golden globes but but here's the thing though uh-huh. uh, are you still giving a shit about award shows no no just i wanted i read about this one when i saw all the nominations yeah and i it sounded really interesting and i watched the trailer for it and i was like oh i yeah. think i might like this one i feel like i watched I had just watched some one of the best picture nominations. I think it was after I watched that dog one, The uh, Power of the Dog, where I'm like, uh, oh, my God, are all of these like this piece of shit? And so I watched trailers for the other nominees, and this one was like, okay, this seems like a really damn good one. Uh, I am okay. going to hunt this down. And at the time, it wasn't available streaming any anywhere at all. Mm. And now I saw that it's on HBO Max. I'm like, yes, HBO Max wins again. And I'm and 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 I have to say before any actors out there because I know that all of the major actors in Hollywood and in the UK listen to this show. Oh, absolutely. I know they do. Uh, mm-hmm. Channing Tatum, I know you fucking listen to this show. You yeah. hot bastard, you. The I don't mean to throw shade at an a uh, recipient of the award or getting nominated for the award. I just think that in the age of streaming people have lost interest in watching the award show yes that's what i meant to say i think that award shows have been kind of just going down they're not the spectacle that they used to be that's all i'm saying right yeah and i um you know mentioning the golden globe is because the golden globes are a fucking joke well right and and i was actually thinking i should apply to be a judge but you can't or we can't unless Right. So unless we get a foothold in a foreign country to us, (laughs) and then we could say our podcast is the number one podcast in, insert other country other than U.S. here. Correct. Then we could become (laughs) members of the Hollywood Foreign Press and upend that organization or at least get some really fancy schmancy trips out of it. Yeah, right? Anywho. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, I really like that one. So, did I did I talk about Belfast the last time? No, you did not. And that's one of the ones on my list I want to watch. Ah, okay. Should I should oh, I go hold ahead? It? No, go ahead. Oh, okay. No, no, go ahead. So, so we I always used to have this thing. I always used to have this thing and shout out to Mike and all the old group and shout out to everybody that knows me basically. That I used to watch at least all of the nominees for Best Picture. And I, way back when, in what was it, 2008 or so, when they expanded the group of Best Pictures to up to 10, I was like, okay, you're going to give other movies a chance, right? Well, yeah, okay. But I watched Belfast, and it's the new movie written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. And it takes place actually in 1969 in Belfast and follows the life of this young boy and and how he is navigating the troubles that are happening between Protestants and Catholics in his little neighborhood. I loved this movie. It is it is so good. And and one of the things that I found actually very relatable in this character is that I, I've always loved when movies actually make a time card or a title card that says, this is where you are and this is what year you are. Because then it puts you in the mindset of that. Mm-hmm. Plus, it makes the movie timeless. Because if a movie is set in the present day and you don't say, hey, this was set in 2020, 
you won't get the fact that cell phones will eventually look dated and old. Cars will look eventually dated and old. But in movies like Wall Street, where you say it is 1985, or in Belfast, where you say it's 1969, you at least get a sense of time. Right. And this little boy is roughly about nine or ten years old-ish. That's kind of fuzzy. But what was relatable to me is that I was born a year after this movie takes place. And so I was thinking to myself, it was easier for me to put myself in the mindset of a child that way, if that makes any sense. And the fact that this little boy is only about eight or nine years older than I am right now. Mm -hmm. So he survived all of this. And, and talks about all of this, I'm sure, or characters very similar to that. And you see this little boy grow up, well, not grow up, you see roughly about a year in his life, his dad is off to actual England uh, because that's where his work is taking him. And mom is, is hanging out at home, raising the kids, but also dealing with a lot of their bills, which are way past due because they make no money. And, and yet he's still going to school and doing school kid things and getting into a little bit of trouble, but most of all avoiding the backdrop of Protestant versus Catholic Belfast in 1969. I got to tell you, it is absolutely worth renting. We rented it on Vudu for six bucks. Okay. A a great $6 rental. I'll tell you what, it's really, really good. Good to know. I I totally want to see that one. Yeah, it's very good. Belfast. I don't think it'll win Best Picture, because I still think that's going to be that shitty power of the dog. The dog movie. Uh, The dog movie. But, strong contender, you will not go wrong. Good to know. Okay. All right. So, the next thing I watched is on Disney+. Plus. It is also up for an Oscars. Oh, I think this is is the one I want to talk about! The West Side Story. Yay! The new West Side Story. I was... I wasn't going to watch this because I'm tired of them redoing everything, everything. And I watched the West Side Story almost religiously during junior high. My parents had the record of the soundtrack. So I took the record and recorded it on a cassette tape by, you know, holding the cassette player. As you did. I did the same thing. Because I never had the thing where I could easily do it. And then I listened to it. Over and over on my little cassette player, my mini little cassette player, that I set on my windowsill because that was like the nightstand. So, of course, it's summertime-ish now. The window's open. My brother can hear this playing over and over all night long. (laughs) He's like, oh, my God, stop it. I can't handle the songs anymore. So, when I saw that it was being remade, I was like, "Uh, do we need this? Well, you and I both. I wasn't going to watch it. But I did, and I really liked this. This was really good. So hang on a second here. Wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I fucking love this movie. I totally loved it. I wasn't going to watch it either. Because, mm-hmm. and, and, if, and if people remember, especially in the UK, <laughs> thanks again for listening, everybody. <laughs> um, and South Korea, thanks for, every, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> wherever, wherever people listen to this podcast. We talked about when they announced that Spielberg was doing this remake. I'm like, Mm -hmm. ah, shit, do we really need this? And the answer is fucking yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. I take back everything I said about this remake. Because shout out to Terry. What's up, Terry? Hey, Terry. And Laura went to go see this. Oh, at the theater? At the theater. Nice, okay. And then uh, her boyfriend... Terry's boyfriend and I, we went to go see Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Because I was resistant to it. How do you Mm -hmm. take a beloved classic, even with all of its flaws, which we now see through a 2022 lens, Mm -hmm. how do you take a beloved Best Picture winner, BT Dubs, and remake it? And, And Spielberg does such an amazing job with this movie. Right? It is It is literally, and I've seen seven of the nine nominees for Best Picture at this point. It is my, fi- it is my Best Picture of the Year. Oh, okay. Oh, it's so I good. I like, like, from its start, the way 
it's filmed has that tint to it that made it feel like I was watching the original right. film right. version. Perfectly and I thought said. that was oh so, God. so clever and such a good nod to that previous version. Yes. That just, I was like, wow. Yeah, it wow. felt like we were watching an old movie from 1968 or yeah. wherever it was. And from what I recall of the original version, it felt more like it was on a stage and not like I was really there mm. based on the set design. And this, yeah. it felt like because we had the street scene in the big like empty lot and the you know the building being torn down kind of look, it felt city-ish to me even though i could tell it wasn't really like on location in new york or anything yeah i, I that f that i like the feeling of that and seeing the walking all over in the streets i feel like yes didn't get yeah. that in uh the original it gives you a sense of neighborhood a little yeah neighborhood and a sense of place a more yeah visceral sense of place i guess i could say the opening... And I like how they inserted Rita Moreno into it. Yes. I like how they created that role for her. That was so nice. That was Who was so also good. a producer on this movie. Oh, excellent. I don't think I realized that. So the opening shot, which is a drone shot of this area of town, is so masterfully done. I give, and I, and I, and I actually hope he wins for this. Janusz Kaminski, Columbia College Chicago graduate, by the way. Hey. Uh, the director of photography and Spielberg have that eye. And, I, and you have to be born with that kind of artistic eye to turn something that we've already seen into something so fresh and so new mm -hmm. so that based on that opening shot, you actually almost have an empathy for the white gang in this movie trying to keep a hold of their neighborhood even though it's changing yeah and again you almost do because they're racist punks but oh to yeah duh you know duh but but they're losing their homes also and i and it is to the credit of the guy that plays was it riff or or like the leader of the yeah the jets yeah, mm -hmm. who is also an accomplished Broadway actor, by the way, um, to even instill in us an understanding of his racism, an understanding of his gangdom, of his of his motivations in this. Mm -hmm. It is truly an amazing feat of motion picture making, and I wish it had done more. I actually ordered the poster right after watching it. Oh, look at you! I mean, it's it's so good. Oh. Yeah. And I, I vaguely remember Ansel Elgort, who is Tony in this, from other things, like really vaguely. He looks crazy familiar. I looked him up to see what else he was in, and I'm like, huh, okay. But I was really impressed with his singing, honestly. I, I yeah. had no idea he could sing, and he sang well. It's not like they – it wasn't a stunt casting to bring in the youngins because he's been in, you know, youngin-type things – well, he was would attract he, those young teen girls. It wasn't that because he's actually a good singer. You know, unlike the ABBA movie where Pierce Brosnan is in it and he can't sing very yeah. well, and Meryl Streep like she can sing really. Wait, you're you know, talking about like um, Tony, the ABBA right? Movie. Talking I'm talking about Tony. about Tony Ansel Elgort, the guy yeah. who plays Tony. Yes, he was he was Baby Driver. He was in yes, the movie. Yes, I know Driver. he was in Baby Driver. He's in other stuff like Divergent stuff. Good. He played what's her head's brother. So it's like, you know, he's been in some of these movies for the teeny bopper type girls, mm. you know. To so I this wasn't stunt casting to bring in that audience is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's actually Absolutely. a good singer. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's just it's so I I know I keep repeating myself by saying it's just so good. It is. It's really well But done. I I I am still thinking about that movie and it's been about a week since I've seen it. <laughs> And that, to me, speaks volumes over the rest of the best pictures. I just wanted to fucking forget Power of the Dog. And there, oh, and, I, I, and again, yeah. probably going to win. And, and if Jane Campion wins for Best Director, yes, I am for that also because the Academy is, is so stupid and this would be the second time that 
a woman had had well this is the first time that a that a woman who has won previously has been nominated again mm-hmm. which is silly yeah because you know that's just that's just stupid talk uh you know women and and people of color should be nominated in all categories all the time and i don't know why we're still even having this conversation in fucking hollywood mm-hmm. um but oh spielberg should oh I, ju- I just wish spielberg steven i know you're listening to this show because you do you get together with channing tatum and you listen to this show thank you for making this it's yeah. really good yeah that's I I can't I can't I will just keep gushing <laughs> and I want to stem the gushing because I have more gushing to do later all right okay so what's yours your next what's mine movie. oh shit. yeah what's, what's next on your list because oh fucking yeah, hell so I started watching the thing about Pam I don't know this one it is the TV show that is on Peacock mm-hmm. starring Renee Zellweger as the character in what is what is truly a cross between only murders in the building and actual true crime tri, true fuck true cr- fuck true crime podcast and um just your normal kind of psycho murder mystery okay she plays pam uh-huh. and pam sees herself as the go-to person. Like, everybody should be bowing to her. Mm. When, in reality, and and this is an episodic, so new episodes, I I guess, are going to drop every week, where she actually is overbearing and people really don't like her. And the wackiness ensues when... A cancer patient friend of hers who is being cared for by the cancer patient's own mother and and friends and all and daughter and so forth and so on is taken home by Pam and is ne- and then is found dead by her husband. <gasps> now, the way that they set this up in the first episode, you see the husband playing like some fantasy role play game like D&D or some shit like that in a basement getting baked and then going through the the Arby's drive through to get food so he has a time stamped like receipt okay oh and the other thing that it crosses is sort of desperate housewives also mm. anyway so she carefully sets up this alibi for per, Pam does this alibi for herself and and she Renee Zellweger does such a good job at acting. I hated this bitch. I really did. <laughs> I hated this bitch. And you just wanted to get caught in the first fucking episode. But anyhow, um, it's it's just a neat departure to see a two-time Academy Award-winning actress get a a juicy TV role. And I think we're going to see more and more and more of that. She hasn't been on any TV shows, like no. had a t- been a TV actress at all. No, she hasn't. No, and hmm. and and this, you know what? If you enjoyed only murders in the building and liked things like Desperate Housewives and all of that, it's kooky enough that you might get into it. Okay. Y- you know, give it a shot. It, it, but Peacock. Meh. <laughs> Meh. But okay. anyway, so the thing about Pam. My next one is on Hulu, and it's called Dropout. It's the ver- it's telling the story of Elizabeth Holmes, the woman who scammed a bunch of people in Silicon Valley, creating this blood testing uh, machine that she lied about, and was just recently uh, convicted of fraud, I believe. Uh, Amanda Seyfried plays Elizabeth Holmes. If you've seen the Elizabeth Holmes, I think there's an HBO documentary about her. I think it's on HBO. Um, You hear her voice. The actual Elizabeth Holmes has this deep voice when she talks. You can tell when it starts that Amanda Seyfried is trying to mimic that voice Mm -hmm. and not quite getting it. But 
Uh, because I've seen the documentary, I've got an idea of what's going on. But this shows more of her, like, from college age through, well, so far, there's only so many episodes so far, through her founding um, Theranos and getting it started up and all that. And then the staff she hires, how she finds these people to help her create this thing. And she had done... In co- like before college, she had this uh, some kind of a exchange group trip to China, and she learned Chinese. Like she studied Chinese to be able to speak there, and you see her because I guess they're trying to portray her as this super smart kind of nerd girl. And while she's in the hostel with the other folks, the other teens, the other young people. She's speaking in Chinese to them, and they are like, yeah, don't even bother. That's not what I'm here for. Uh-huh. And she's like, that's the whole point is the culture of China. Well, there's an older guy there, and he starts talking to her in Chinese. And, of course, because she's that nerd, she has to correct his pronunciation of one of the words. And it turns out he's some Silicon Valley millionaire. He sold off his company, and he's in China. I'm not sure why. But this becomes her boyfriend, uh, Sonny Balwani. And it's, he's played by Naveen Andrews from Lost. I did not recognize him at all. Not at all. Huh. Not at all. It, it wasn't until just now when I looked it up on IMDb to see the cast that uh, I was like, that was him? Wow. Stephen Fry is also in this as one of the uh, people working for Theranos to build the machine and the software to test all this blood stuff. And Lori Metcalf is in it. Uh, she plays Phyllis Gardner, who is a woman entrepreneur that uh, Elizabeth Holmes kind of like idolized, sort of, that she was very interested and wanted to be like her. And this so far is showing that Elizabeth Holmes, she wants to jump through, like she wants to skip ahead and just go from being the student to being successful without doing the work in the middle, mm. without putting up with what women in tech, entrepre- women and entrepreneurs in tech have to go through with this men's club that Lori Metcalf like slaps her in the face with the truth of what has to be done and says, go back to school, honey, and study and earn, earn your success. And she didn't like the sound of that at all. So... Elizabeth Holmes is a college dropout, a Stanford college drop college dropout, who tries to start up her own company. And well, we all know this. Well, I hope we all know the story. She lies about her product that it works when it really doesn't. She fakes results and kind of scams all of her investors. As you do. As okay. You do. And this is on Hulu. This is like yeah. You know, this is the dramatic telling of. Elizabeth Holmes is a story, and Amanda Seyfried plays Elizabeth Holmes, and uh, William H. Macy is in it as well. Uh, these are the names I recognize. So Stephen okay. Fry, William H. Macy, Laurie Metcalf, Naveen Andrews, and then Amanda Seyfried. Hmm. Okay. It's on cool. Hulu, and it's it was pretty good. I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty good so far. Um, we're slowly... Uh, dropping episodes in a couple days they will have episode five so there's only four episodes so far available uh, on the hulu well the next thing so, i got you can't tell anybody you you can't tell anybody i watched it yet oh uh, okay yeah because uh i kind of snuck it in there for the podcast because i wanted to see the new hot thing and oh i didn't tell I laura i was watching now. it okay yeah. what is it it is <laughs> Honestly, so cute that I just wanted to squeeze its little cheeks and tell it, I love you, this movie. Uh, Turning Red by Disney. Adorable. It is the cutest little thing. Oh, my God. Oh, it just dropped on Disney Plus. And this movie would have made a gajillion dollars in a movie theater. Absolutely. It absolutely would. But I was reading a story. Mm-hmm. recently about how the theatrical wing of Disney was doing okay, but how Disney Plus has actually soared 
with subscribers and all that other sort of stuff. So I'm sure that's part of what led to their reasoning of releasing Turning Red on Disney Plus. But I'm so glad they did. I agree. It yeah. is it is such a cute movie. It's it's it, it, it the movie is about a little girl, May May, and she is living in Canada, in Toronto, very specifically, and and how she goes through and she goes through puberty. Yes, yeah, she's and the, thirteen. And she's 13, and she's got this. She's got her really tight three best friends, and they rule the school in their own way. So even and and that's one of the things that I loved about this movie, even though they were kind of the geeks and the outcasts in in their little class, they still ruled the school. They were cool. Well, they didn't care. Either. They didn't care. That's Some right. They of didn't these care. Kind of things where you got the the. The nerd girl, the the loser in air quotes type of people. Yeah. Nobody, they, usually they're like, oh, nobody likes me and uh, I'm so alone and I'm such an outcast. They're like, I, I own it. I'm, I do my thing and I don't fucking care about none of you. I do, I do my thing. Well, one yeah. day, May May gets her first period and no, she goes, she didn't. Th- oh, she didn't get, that's right. She didn't go, she Mom didn't get her period. thought she had her period. Right. Mom's Which leads to a hilarious Sandra, exchange, oh, by, the way, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's hysterical. That's hysterical in the classroom, <laughs> but she goes through puberty, and it is, and we find out that her family has uh, the women in her family have this ability to turn into red pandas when they go through puberty, yeah. and so puberty is represented by her turning into this red panda, and there is this scene where they're walking through the school and and it's after the friends they don't yet know that she turns into a red panda but all of a sudden you smell weird why do you feel weird what's going on <laughs> yeah and and obviously everybody goes through puberty and i related to that even as a dude because your body chemistry changes, you know, dudes start growing peach fuzz on their face in weird places. And, and it's just so fun watching this movie. And I, I feel like the, the Red Panda was more about the emotions mm, yeah. that become uncontrollable and just severe one way or the other when you are you know, prepubescent teenagers in junior high dealing with school life and all of the social structure in school and the relationships and then home life where there's certain expectations from parents and other family members and that kind of stressor. And when these two and parents aren't acknowledging teenagers and new teenagers and their life like well my teen years were like this so obviously nothing has ever changed and there's no new anything going on or it's so far removed you don't remember how you were (laughs) as a 13 year old Hmm. to where they're not even like accepting that yes she is going to start liking boys yes she is going to be into pop culture like those boy bands who gyrate that mom might not approve of Hmm. and not letting her be her so she feels all this stress inside from the expectations of her mom wanting her to be just like mom and live mom's dream that mom didn't get to realize. And so the panda comes out when she has these extreme strong emotions, whether it's anger, pleasure, anything, just a strong emotion. Mm-hmm. And after that first thing in the school, <laughs> mom and dad kind of, they agree to lock her in a room with just the mattress, so she doesn't destroy things. And she finds that when her friends are like, Maymay, what the hell? Where'd you go? They come in, her friends calm her. Her friends center her. And she can actually control this panda. Yeah. When it comes out. And she used to be this stiff, studious, gotta be the best. And with her friends and the panda, she's and just allowing her emotions to be... And to be herself around her friends who who support her, she kind of, she changes and becomes more fun, according to one of her friends. And just, I like this new Maymay. I like this, you know, blooming adultish, you know, becoming an adult, finding yourself Maymay. 
And that's what I really liked about this. Because, yeah, teen, you know, kids, teenage years are the worst with emotions and all that. You don't, these are new emotions. These are kind of like the um, out, right? No, inside out. Inside where out. The girl's growing and her emotional landscape slowly starts to change because you have the have these more complex emotions when you're going through puberty and growing up and that's kind of what this is showing and it's so adorable i love it and it's adorable i, I absolutely love it and and i feel like i have to say this from a male perspective only because it's it's very female driven don't people out there who are parents do not give a shit if you are showing this to a boy. It is not just a girl movie. Oh yeah, because emotions are for you know everybody has them and everybody's sorting uh, through how to deal with these, especially when you have the explosive things like that where yeah. you held it in for so long because you can't you feel as a teenager you can't speak out to your parents when they're being what you feel as a teenager is you know ridiculous and overbearing or whatever and, and so you explode and you go and you slam doors boys girls everybody does that you know right and at the time that you are truly beginning to break away from your parents mm -hmm. and right. find your own way and and and, and it's just the beginning of more that independent too you're learning how to be yourself and independent and not have to follow mom everywhere you go because yeah yeah because and sandra oh does a really good job of being she the controlling mother job. Oh my well, i'll tell you what if you've got disney plus if or, or more to the point if you don't have disney plus now is a great fucking time to sign up for it Yes, and we're looking for sponsors from you, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> um, now is a great time to sign up for it because you get Turning Red absolutely free. You got it from day one. Unlike yeah, things yeah. like Mulan or um, I know they had another, like Black Widow and other stuff like that, where you mm -hmm. had to wait the 45 days for it to appear or unless you paid the premium the price. super fancy person and pay for it, yeah. Right. So Turning Red, absolutely. I'm I'm going to say right now that this will be a nomination for best animated oh. picture next year it really will be and, and i ordered the poster for it i did and the thing i noticed in the credits the songs are written by billy eilish and her brother interesting yeah, the boy band songs were written by Billy Eilish. <laughs> Isn't that something? When I saw That's that, I'm hilarious. like, seriously? And you know, the song's still playing because it's the ro rolling the credits, and I'm listening to the song like, Billy Eilish wrote that? That's pretty uh, awesome. It's and, so catchy. And, it's such a catchy pop song. And without like, giving oh, yeah. anything away, there are so many fun things in this movie. But oh, when so they nice. when they get those big puppy dog eyes of oh and how their <laughs> eyes turn all sparkly and it's just right? fucking That's hilarious. Awesome. Oh my god. And, anyway. And her friends are a diverse group of friends, which I love too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. It's Disney despite its troubles this past week mm. or so, um does a really good job of, of doing that in what it puts out there. So at least on ground level if you're a parent, you can show somebody turning red or or another spate of Disney movies and mm -hmm. be fine with it because it's representative. Yes. Oh, it's so good. But so shh, fun. don't tell anybody I watched it yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's on the down low. You and all these other 22 listeners that we've got. Yeah, starting on Monday. Yes. They'll all know that you watched this. It's only, yeah, 22. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. All right, what else you got? Uh, the last thing I have is a Korean drama that I started watching. It's one of those spy action thriller type mm. shows. It's called Black Sun, The Veil. And it's about this uh, spy, a South Korean spy, who has gone missing and a year later comes back. And, of course, he's like can't, he can't remember the past year. And he gets a video from himself saying, I erased my memories because there's a mole in, you know, we got a mole in our organization and you have to find out who it is. Blah. <laughs> and then, he, yeah. 
And then he goes about finding this mall, and there's car chases and shootings and fights, and it's very action-y. And then you got the mystery of who's the mall, and you can't trust anybody, don't trust anyone. And, uh, like, gangsters from China, you know, drug lords, like, torturing people, and holy shit. And, and the guy, for once in this Korean show, he has a cut on his face that so far hasn't healed. Usually they get punched or, or cut or hurt in some way, and within a day they're all back to normal. They're in the hospital. They they let themselves go, but you know they discharge themselves by just yanking out their IV because there's always an IV. And they just walk out the door regardless of what has just happened, a car accident or whatever. And then by the next scene there's not a scratch on them. This guy has the same, you know, big gash on his face through the whole movie, which I like. But the opening scene, which really, like, I, I'm in this forever now. <laughs> the guy is there. They, there's, like, a SWAT team storming this big cargo ship, and they find him in somewhere deep inside the bowels of the ship, Covered in, like, he's only wearing pants, so he's naked from the top up, his bare chest and bare arms, covered in blood, his hair and his beard are all, like, like, grizzly Adams, and he's got these abs that, oh my god, like, washboard abs, I could scrub my socks on them, <laughs> and they kind of slow pan over him, and I'm like, is this the eye candy for the girls watching this action thing to draw them in? Because I am on board now. And then later, of course, there's a shower scene, and wow, this guy. Wow. So, yeah, I, that got me right there, <laughs> there. So instead of all the sexy ladies with their big bosoms, we got our handsome, muscled dude. Wow. Just wow. Wow. Uh, wow. Which is why I feel I have to mention the show, because damn, damn, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Black Sun, The Veil I found it on Vicky You mean abs, abs The abs on Vicky Yes, exactly Whatever, whatever <laughs> Abs, abs, oh, the movie Okay man. Yeah. Do you have anything else? What else you got? You know what, that's all I've got I've just okay. got I got a little bit of news though Oh, news News so I was scrolling through, and shout out to David. What's up, David? David, thank you for all your news. Thank you for all of your news and stuff. I was reading the story that, did you send this or did he send this? I uh, have no idea. Uh, 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 he sent it okay. about Disney censoring same-sex relationships in its movies. <laughs> and And it was an article that came out before Turning Red came out. Okay. But it was saying that not only is Disney having a PR nightmare with the Don't Say Gay Bill in mm -hmm. Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, Disney. Gay, 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 gay. Yeah, gay. Gay. Now get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but how they excise certain characters or words in movies or scenes in movies that depict... LGBTQIA plus characters or scenes or words or whatever. And I found that I found that very interesting and sad, especially when, you know, on the flip side, you and I can both endorse a movie like Turning Red. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, knowing that there might be a nuance that was left on the cutting room floor oh. to make it more palatable. It's it's hard to say it diminishes this movie for me, but it diminishes Disney. So the article itself came from Variety magazine. That is, by the way, the rag in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Disney censors same-sex affection in Pixar films, according to letters from employees. Okay. Uh, let's see. The Guardian actually has Disney accused of removing gay content from Pixar films. 
uh, let's see, signed by the LGBTQIA plus employees of Pixar and their allies. This letter says, we at Pixar have personally witnessed beautiful stories full of diverse characters come back from Disney corporate reviews shaved down to crumbs of what they once were. It adds nearly every moment of overtly gay affection is cut at Disney's behest. Even creating LGBTQIA plus content was the answer to fixing the discriminatory legislation in the world. We are being barred from creating it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, um, yeah, so again, there's that. Gay, 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 gay. 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 Um, and by the way, Patty, mm-hmm. gay, 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 gay. Gay. So gay. Um, uh, the last piece of news I have is is shit compared to that. But um, Discovery, the channel Discovery has just announced that its stockholders have approved its merger with Warner Media to create Warner Brothers Discovery, a uh, premier global entertainment company. Marking the completion of one of the few remaining closing conditions for the merger, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Ultimately, we are going to get down to channels again, people. Yeah, uh, you know, but the channels are going to be you pay for each one individually and then have an app on your TV or something. And you have to remember what show or movie is on what channel. We're and- going to go back to the 60s again with, with stuff on TV. And... Uh, when it might be on or when it might drop yeah 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 even even though that doesn't seem so bad to me it but it depends on their advertising i feel like like there won't be as much um water cooler talk about the show because everybody saw it last night yeah it'll be like have you watched that yet no i haven't and then oh well you should watch it because xyz and then Maybe they'll get to it. Maybe they won't. I mean, us two are kind of examples of that. I tell you, check this out. It's awesome. And you're like, okay. And then like weeks later, I'm going to review this thing that you reviewed three weeks ago. Are you slamming me right now? No, we both do it. <laughs> and that's very true. But that's that's this day and age. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of lost that uh, connection of we're watching the same thing at the same time. But at the same time, also gaining so many more new interesting things to watch. But it's overload because uh, now, like, I finish something and I don't know where to go next for the next thing. Yeah, yeah. And and ain't that the truth? Like, and all I right, could fuck. spend all night long on Google looking for that next thing or trailer for a thing to find out what else is coming. Oh, and thank you for reminding me. The trailer for the Obi Wan series, Obi Wan Kenobi, dropped on Disney Plus. I need to watch that trailer. Oh my god, it looks so good. Yeah. I hope it's fucking better than the Book of Boba Fett. I'm pretty yeah. sure it will. Yeah, that be. one had its issues. Yeah. It had its issues until the two episodes from the last episode when a certain character came back up. Yeah, and then Hang I was wondering second, if okay. I was watching the right show. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor, log on to the watchlistpod.com, click on that contact us button, or engage us on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, and at symbol the watchlist pod. Does the actions of corporate Disney affect how you consume Disney product? Because I know tons of people who have been to Star Wars World. Oh, yeah. Tons of yeah. people, and I can't wait to go. Their new Galactic Star Cruiser thing, holy fuck, I would love to get us a press pass to go on that fucker. Yeah. I would absolutely love to, and I want to ride and pilot the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, but I'm not going to do it in Florida. But <laughs> but their guy, has he didn't come right out and blast the Don't Say Gay Bill and he's trying to walk this tightrope of, of everything. And, and I think that sometimes you just need to draw a line and say, you know what, we need to stand up for this. Especially when you run a, hist- a company that, yes, get ready for this, people, and you can look this up. Walt Disney was incredibly racist. 
and and anti-Semitic and and just yeah, you know, Uncle Walt wasn't all that in a bag of chips, even though he was portrayed by Tom Hanks in in the movie, you know, the Mr. Bank movie or Miss Banks movie. So does that affect how you consume Disney product? Let us know. I would be very interested to know that. And this week, I'm also going to work on our brackets for the most quotable movie ever. Excellent. And what was your Spotify news? That there was no Spotify news. So I hit them up yet again and Mm -hmm. again. Now, Mm -hmm. granted, I did this using Instagram. Because a lot of companies these days respond to Instagram. Oh, yeah. So I hit up at Spotify, at Spotify Podcasts, both of them individually. And if you follow uh, my social media, I've actually tagged them at instead of a hashtag so that it went directly to the people running that account. Mm Mm-hmm. And said, hey, give us one one thousandth of the money that you say you want to give to underserved voices and we'll produce this fucking podcast. No, no problem. Not a peep. Mm-hmm. Not even a, hey, stop bothering us, send it to this person. Mm-hmm. Not a, hey, we read you loud and clear, we'll listen to your podcast. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Now Maybe I'm going to keep trying. try Twitter. Okay. Sometimes Twitter works better. Okay. Try Twitter. All right. I just wanted to say that there is no news with Spotify. Huh. So the saga continues. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Any hoozy. Any hoozy. So I got to go. I got to make sure my girlfriend gets home okay. No Thanks problem. for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. We really appreciate all of you. We very listeners. much do, and thank you very much. Tell and a friend. Tell and so 20. On. And so on. Yeah, and all you celebrities in Hollywood that I know listen to this show. I know Give us you shout all out. do. Give, come on, Rock. How hard is it to drop a little hashtag the watchlist pod into your posts, man? Right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Or, better yet, what if we make you a tank top that has the watchlist with Patty and Bill on it and you wear that during your massive workouts? Uh, we should just send him one. He would never do it, though, because he's all about self-branding. But anyway. um, You know what? We could do it anyway. We could do it anyway. We could do it anyway. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Be safe out there and uh, just lift up people, especially in this day of Ukraine. If you don't feel like you can lift yourself up, lift somebody else up. They might need it more than you. All right, everybody. You take care. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, Okay, bye. bye.